Could you give us a taste? Can you give just a little play-by-play? No. <laughs> just no. no. It's, you got to have some action in front of you. <laughs> All right. He's uh, saving it for when it actually happens. God, Ryan. <laughs> I don't know how baseball works. April 17th, 2016. I'm Ryan. I'm Sandy. And I'm Yannick. And this is Pixels Weekly. Hi, everybody. Hi. Yay. <laughs> Exciting episode. <laughs> what is this, eight? Is this eight now? Eight. eight. I got it. It's on, the Google, it's on the Google Doc. That is two straight months of the Pixels Weekly crew in existence. I'm really proud of us. But no anniversaries Me yet. Me too. What do we need to get? No. To ten? Is ten the first milestone or is... I mean, anything is a milestone at this point. I never thought we would get that routine. I never thought we would hit that routine pretty hard and pretty consi- consistently. You no, know? I thought for sure there'd be weeks where it's like, well, it's just me alone this week, or it's just Yannick and Sandy. So yeah, we're pretty consistent. Nobody got sick or whatnot. No, it's true. We're we're healthy people. Yep. We've got strong immune systems. Yep. We're healthy. Eat well, practice, work out, everything. So, guys, well, it's a special episode because we have a special guest on the show today. We, we do. do. We, we do. do. We do. <laughs> you I were was surprised. There. You blacked out for the whole thing. What? <laughs> well, Sandy, hold on. Don't be a time traveler. It didn't happen yet. Oh, it hasn't. That's right. Sorry. <laughs> it's my it fault. Um, coming up later in the show, uh, for the main bulk of it after we get past the hodgepodge, Ryan, if I can say hodgepodge correctly, Ryan McCaffrey from IGN. He's the IGN previews editor. He's been at IGN for about five years. He does a Tesla podcast and he. He runs a uh, nerd t-shirt shop. We're going to put the links to everything in the show notes. Uh, And Ryan sat down with us to talk about the way IGN covers games and uh, also talk a little bit about his career and the way that uh, decisions are made at that outlet, which I thought was really cool. And also, how much is too much for a cupcake? How much is too much for a cupcake? Such a <laughs> this teaser. This is really Such important. Such a teaser. <laughs> like, <laughs> how much is too much for a cupcake? Um, also, you guys, have you noticed uh, Sandy sounds so much better? Oh, my God. He Sandy. Does. I, I, I want to be, I want to take all pride Tell this. the story, yeah. <laughs> so, during, guys, listeners, please pay attention. During the first seven episodes that you've all been listening to, Millions and millions have listened to those episodes. Mm-hmm. She has been recording with her mic turned around, so <laughs> technically the mic wasn't the mic wasn't facing her. It was like turned around. So I fixed that. Looking at her, how did she on not the, know on the webcam via Google Hangout? I and I was like, wait, your mic is not set up just like mine. Maybe try to turn it around, and then it fixed everything. <laughs> it ma- it makes so much sense too because. All I could hear was her laptop, and the mic was pointed at her laptop, just like, let me hear this fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to be different, guys. Ugh, God. The I mean, that's, why they, that's why they love us. Nothing is really professional. We try to keep it low-key. We're not. I thought we were super professional. I mean, I thought so, too, and then everything got ruined. You know, I didn't get a chance to answer, but <laughs> how much is too much for a cupcake for me? I don't really like cupcakes that much, so I think if you wanted 
three. Ugh. I think if you wanted four dollars, my limit. Yeah, we're not cupcake yeah, people. That's actually. So I told him, you cut the cupcake in half and you make it into a sandwich. And, and you put what in it? No, that's it's cupcake filling and then cupcake and then you eat it that way. That's just like a black moon, isn't it? No. Or moon moon pie moon. or whatever everybody else calls it. Aren't those cookies? It's cookies. That's We're not a about cookie. Cupcakes. It's soft. I'm not talking about no, an Oreo. I'm talking about two spongy soft. <laughs> that's not no, a cookie. No, no. There's some cookies that are soft. It's not a so cookie. It's a cookie. It's a cookie. It's I'm, not a cookie. I'm going to leave it up to the internet. <laughs> Hard notes for Roxanegar is stepping up. It's not a cookie. Bring up the Java. <laughs> Bring up the Java. Chopping in half and making the sandwich. It's not a cookie. <laughs> Yannick's like, I don't know. He's like, what the hell's a moon pie? By the way, if things get a little bit weird, it is because two. Of the three picks weekly hosts are drinking right now. Salute, Mr. Yannick. Come here. There we no, go. no, you couldn't. No, you couldn't really <laughs> tell the names. We had to figure out who drinks or not. Like well, Sandy said Sandy, last week, Sandy, that she doesn't Sandy, drink. Sandy She's can like, sound. I, I only have Sandy water can sound not sober. That's true. Sandy can sound drink even if she's sober. No, they should know because that way they know the stuff that she's saying is sober. <laughs> yeah. The stuff I say is uh, that's her, totally not inebriated. That's her sober thoughts. I, I think we're drinking. I'll tell you why I'm drinking. Uh, and it's the same. I Hopefully the same for you. It's a beautiful day today in California and in New York. And uh, I'm getting the That's why we're vibes. drinking. That's why. Yeah. So, like it's the weekend. It's a sum, It's the first worth, you know, this no, the first weekend. And, <laughs> you know, in New York. No, okay. You know, in San Francisco, you don't. In New York, we're celebrating the first weekend when it's worth going out and hanging out with friends all afternoon yeah. long without without wondering if you brought enough layers to go. <laughs> and you went to a oh, bar yeah. with a very unique trait. What is, what's different about the bar that you were at? So as I sip my beer and mm-hmm. swallow it. <laughs> no, I just came out from, and actually my tab is still open over there. And my girlfriend is still over there. Hopefully, <laughs> we uh, just got back to the from the bar called Lucky Dog. Some people in Brooklyn might obviously know it Lucky in the middle Dog. of Williamsburg, where it's very divey, loud rock music. No, not everybody's gonna like it, but they allow dogs to come in. So, I the first person I bumped into was not a person; it was a dog's butt. I was like, "I'm sorry." I was like, "Oops, that's a dog butt." <laughs> and I was like, "I remember the name of the bar." I was like, "Okay, yeah, that's Lucky Dog." Okay, yeah, I've been told, but I've never been inside of it when there was actually dogs because I've only been there late night. That's the most Brooklyn and in the thing, middle of, in the middle of afternoon. You have a, yeah, you have like all kinds of puppies hanging out. It's lovely. They hate it, but their their master don't. Don't hate it. They just love it. Like <laughs> getting drunk and having their dogs on leashes next to them. Like, nothing's happening. All right. So we've got a great episode lined up. Let's dive into HodgePodge. What have we got for HodgePodge this week? I think the big news right now is the Rockstar lawsuit controversy. We have Leslie Benzies against the Hauser brothers. And these guys were all best friends and... Now there's they're suing each other, they're accusing each other of wonky things. Siri, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I told you, Ryan, it would be more fun if we didn't tell who was drunk or not. Hey like, Siri, Siri's all. What's with all the personal questions? Can we mention another thing? That your Siri is a male voice. You changed the default Siri voice. 
I did. Oh, God. It's it's One so when I yell at it, I feel better. <laughs> I can't yell at the nice lady and <laughs> my phone. Um, yeah. So what's this about? People, who who's the guy suing? What did he do there at Rockstar? And Rockstar, obviously, for people who don't know, the developers of some of the largest video games of all time, uh, notably Grand Theft Auto, all of those. But they also did Max Payne three, which I really love. And uh, my one of my favorite games of all time that we mentioned last week, Red Dead uh, Redemption, which was what a great game. But uh, yeah, what's what's going on? So Benzies is the more technical partner and the Hauser brothers were more story driven and they're the ones driving the story for all the games. Benzies is the one making sure that the games are being done and they're being done in the proper manner. Like I said, best friends worked together, been there together for years. And per Benzies, a side of the story is that they he was recommended to take a sabbatical, and they're like, hey, you need to take some time off. Take the time off. And he's like, no, 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 I don't want to. And they're like, no, 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 take the time off. And he's like, okay, fine, I'll take the time off. He took the time off, and then all his friends and allies in the company were fired, including his son. And he didn't have any access to his work email. He didn't have, when after the sabbatical, he came back to work. They wouldn't let him in. He was escorted out of Rockstar. And now he wants to get his share of the money for Grand Theft Auto. And I believe it's the tune of $150 million. But the thing is, there's an allocations committee that gives out those bonuses and they were like, well, you left fair and square, so you don't get any of that money. And he's suing them for that. They're countersuing, saying that his lawsuit is bizarre, it's got no merit, and we don't really know what's going on. The only people that know the truth, it's those guys. Yeah. And now it's up to a court of law to decide who's right. But... Benzies is accusing Rockstar of having sex, drugs, and all that stuff all over the place. And they're like, we wouldn't do that. We're professional. So it's just, uh, it's a bad day for Rockstar. It's full situation. It's, 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 like, it's like Rockstar is that wild animal of the industry, in my opinion, when I look at it. Not knowing anything what's happening, not accusing accusing anybody. But I feel like those kind of stuff can only happen on Rockstar. And nowhere else. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, look at the right. type of games that they make. <laughs> they, yeah. Maybe they need you some know? inspiration or something. Oh, yeah. You know, but it's like kind of like the admiration I have for it. Because at the end, great games are made. But the the way they're made or something like that don't seem conventional all the time is what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I think, and you guys can appreciate this too because you work at a pretty creative place. But for me, uh, creativity, I think the the, the big... Uh, not you know, well-known secret is that it's it's kind of messy, you know. Some days it comes to you, some days it doesn't, um, and you can certainly develop processes, procedures, and develop habits to will it into existence. But uh, sometimes you really need to go uh, a little bit outside the box and outside of the rails to to make it happen. Sometimes you need to drink beers. While making a podcast, it's five o'clock somewhere, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going to be listening to this on Monday morning. They're going to be like, it's not five o'clock. It's 930. It's 9 a.m. and I'm at work, <laughs> you dummy. 
<laughs> um, don't drink at work unless your work encourages it. In which case, crack one open and listen to Pixels. Yeah, unless quickly. you freelance. Yeah, Just or save. You, you know what? Save the episode till you can have a nice quiet moment and enjoy yep. a cold one. <laughs> Or a warm one, or a room temperature one. Uh, you know what's gonna happen though. I don't. I don't want to listen to us back because we all listen to ourselves after. I don't want to do that for that episode for once. No, we're not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> this, we'll never revisit this one. Well, I have to because I edit the stupid thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I listen to us all so much. You guys have no idea. You think I'm away from you during the week, but I'm very much with us all. Very close, yeah. Um, my bit of hodgepodge, I've got a, a few different items of hodgepodge, but it's all kind of together at the same time. I've been playing, and I actually beat Quantum Break on Xbox One. Yeah. Quantum Break from Remedy Entertainment, makers of Max Payne 1 and 2, and Alan Wake, and all sorts of uh, weird, cool experiences. And i got to tell you guys, I know some people have mixed feelings about the game mechanics here um but i really loved quantum break and i'm I'm, uh, i just had such a great time with it so the way it works is this the game is in five chapters five acts and after an act plays they basically play an episode of a tv show the quantum break tv show here's what's interesting to me is the tv show is from the perspective of like the bad guy company. Mm, that's cool. So you mean Littlefinger? <laughs> Littlefinger from Game of Thrones <laughs> and Iceman from X Men. Uh, Sean Ashmore and oh no, I don't know Littlefinger's name. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> no one knows. He's always Littlefinger. <laughs> um, yeah, Game of Thrones Littlefinger and, and uh, X Men's Iceman Sean Ashmore is in it, and uh, you play as uh, Sean Ashmore. Uh, Jack Joyce. And I think it's it wasn't entirely clear to me, but I think the game takes place in Massachusetts, which I'm obviously automatically going to be um, in love with. But, um, yeah, I think I thought it was the first game where, because games typically in, that tell these sort of linear stories, they don't make you uh, play as the bad guy. You don't develop sympathy for those characters. They're just very linear. They're very... Uh, cut clear black white this is the bad guy trying to feed them um but this one paints a more complex picture the tv show is kind of like sci-fi channel cheesy like meets you know wednesday night primetime fox guy with a gun 24 but low budget um type of fx but um i would if especially if the next alan wake which i really hope they do another Alan Wake. In fact, there's some hints in this game that another Alan Wake might be coming. Um, I, if they did this with Alan Wake, I would be perfectly okay with it. I think Remedy is one of the few studios that has the ability to write a story that can be acted and watched as much as it can be played. But um, it's cool. It's like you have time powers. You can stop time. You can throw, you know, time bullets. I don't know. You can uh, uh, encapsulate guys uh, to uh, freeze them in time. Then you shoot a bunch of bullets at the frozen time bubble. And then when it fades down, the bullets go into the guy all at once. And then he goes flying backwards. Uh, Everything in the environment falls apart. There's, you know, books flying off of shelves. And uh, you get time dashing and all sorts of stuff. And and the, the abilities all come 
within the first hour of gameplay. So that that right. that is that's, that's cool. That's interesting, right? Because they kind of right out the gate, they're like, basically, here's everything, and the only thing that really changes is you can kind of upgrade them throughout the the story. And uh, I collected almost everything, um, but we'll see. I m- I may replay it or stream some of it, but. Uh, I really liked Quantum do the mechanics Break. like do the mechanics and all that fall flat or is it really part of that game that makes it feel real amazing or is it the story or well, what really stands out because I've seen a lot of stuff out of the, I didn't really pay attention the only amazing thing was that short trailer or gameplay footage that I've seen where yeah, yeah you see all those like slow motion I think the graphics are amazing effects. and you know for for Everybody complaining that the Xbox One is less powerful than PS4, and it stat for stat-wise, is um, it has two of the best-looking games, in my opinion, which is Tomb, Rise of the Tomb Raider and Quantum Break. These are two linear-based mm. story games, and I'm sure Uncharted 4 is going to you know, give these a run for its money or it'll blow them out of the water. But these two games are extremely good-looking. Quantum Break is the first one where... It's rendering actors, and I can be like, that is believably that actor. You know, it's motion captured well enough and stuff. But for the mechanics, it's not a Halo. It's not a Destiny. It's it's definitely not a Call of Duty in it that I have a pinpoint accurate reticle, and I can trust it, and it, I even can, like, I never really felt like I had a good handle on the joystick acceleration in terms of how fast he looks and then the camera starts to move. It always felt a little bit like, ooh, did I hit that guy? Oh, I guess I did. Or, ooh, am I shooting at that guy? I guess so. Um, so there, that was always a problem. And, and there's also the cover system is you just kind of walk near cover and the guy automatically ducks. So there's not like snapping to cover if if yeah. you just start walking away or you move the joystick a little bit, you could stand up, which obviously is a problem if you're in cover. Um, but that's not what Remedy games have ever been about for me, um, so it didn't bug me that much. All right, that was way too long on that, so my other two were just bullet points. Number one, look what came in the mail today, my favorite thing. Woo! Ratchet. Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet. No, it's super it's cheap. It's a movie. It's super cheap, though. Super cheap. I've, I've, it's, it's, I've, I've uh, been shocked. I don't know why it's forty not bucks 60 or something. Bucks. Yeah, it's forty bucks. Uh, forty bucks. It's insane for such an amazing franchise. It's amazing franchise, and it looks beautiful. I mean, this game is an, now. This game probably looks as good or better than uh, those two games that we talked about. But hopefully, I'll be able to stream some of that. And speaking of streaming, the last point is, I started playing through Final Fantasy VII, and I'm putting it on PixelsWeekly.com. So. Bit by bit, uh, we're going to play chunks of this game. Some people have been joining and chatting with me. Davis Barber, our friend uh, and former colleague, was with me making very offensive impressions of 1990s Squaresoft executives. (laughs) Classic. Uh, classic I know Davis. Classic. Um, But uh, we're going to put those up. It'll all be in the same blog post, so you can go to... Uh, Final Fantasy VII Nostalgia or Love at Pixels uh, Weekly. You'll see it right on the homepage. And uh, every day or every week I'll be doing it during the week. I'll maybe do two streams a week or as many as I can, and we'll just add them to that page. So you can catch up if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, or if you're just interested about what Final Fantasy VII is all about, you will uh, you can jump in and, and get a little preview of it. But uh, 
yeah, obviously, since we're playing the whole game, there will be spoilers. So cool. My uh, my hodgepodge this week is um, a bit unusual for me. I mean, I've I haven't have looked at a lot of uh, a lot of games this week. A lot of new stuff have come out, but one as outstanding as uh, something I really don't really pay attention to. But this one was really fascinating because he got me to introduce to the um, speed runner world. And I want to talk about the Super Mario Bros. new speed speedrun world record crazy. that has been beaten this 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 week, and it's that crazy that I'm going to talk about. The only thing we're going to talk about in the next five minutes is 0.007 seconds. That's why we're talking about this right now. <laughs> okay, it's the only thing we're talking about. It's about 0.007 seconds. That's how quicker this guy has beaten the world record you can check it out it's everywhere i'm looking at an ign article right now because obviously it is like sponsored by ign i mean we have ryan after that no i'm kidding i'm kidding we're not even sponsored any bit but um we're not in anybody's pocket you can find it anywhere it has been kind of like trending because and I've I have learned it from from this week from 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 checking out how much of a big deal it is. I mean, looking at the guy, um, looking at how he beats him, looking at how the Twitch chat gets crazy, get hyped about it. Uh, it's so funny because you see the Twitch stream layout is set up so as you have your his camera on the top left, mm-hmm. right under him you have the each level and the time he has. Yeah, this is sort of a typical speedrun thing, right? Because they they essentially set certain milestones that if they haven't done thing X by by the bullet point Y, if they haven't like hit this by this time, then they're not going to have the best time, right? Yep. So it's like the equivalent of like, um, let me count, two, four, six, seven, eight. There's like eight um, checkpoint in which they check the time. And literally, you can check the video up until the last boss, it's always like, it says, once he has hit the checkpoint, it says plus 0.0. Like, it doesn't feel like he's winning or say or losing any time in each checkpoint. Um, and the funny thing is that I've read about it a little bit, and it takes so much time. It takes a year for, 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 it takes, an, it takes a year for some of those speedrunners to save a chunk like even like half a second of a you know half a second of the speed run mm-hmm. um so that tells you how big the performance is even if it's 0.007 seconds we're talking about super mario bros which is evidently not not that much of an easy game but yeah and also with mechanics that are kind of like limited um right. to give you an example um and it's been out for a long it time it takes yeah and it takes about Point three seconds to blink. Yeah. <laughs> so if people have people have been hitting a wall around this game, trying to beat the speedrunner, and this guy has been probably practicing. Um, it's funny because yeah, this guy, um, you know, this guy has made a point um, like earlier this year, or la- like later last, like late last year, to to beat that record, and uh, been practicing a lot for that. Um, and probably like have done that 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 speed run a thousand times, just to get that point oh oh seven seconds. Or ten thousand times. And yeah, and when you don't play the game, you're like, oh, whatever, man. It looks easy and everything. But when you see the hype, and the funniest thing about this stream is that you have his heart rate 
on the <laughs> on the stream you have his heart rate he probably has like some kind of like a wristband oh, or cool. something that catches his pulse and he's at 84 heart rate um per minute i think that's what it is right mm. he's at 84 like beats per minute and he finishes up yeah and it beats per minute and he finishes up at like 170 when he sees the the time on it you know <laughs> oh and, my god uh, oh it, it's just a great great video it's like once again like you know super mario bros gets beaten under five minutes it's four minutes 57 seconds and 260 milliseconds um it's real like the performance is real you don't see anything like everything goes out by very quickly um it's more machine than man honestly when you look at it you feel like it's a machine or an ai it's not a man playing it yeah and you know that just makes it great because it's an actual person playing it uh his face is amazing when he gets into it it's 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 (laughs) wonderful so just, we're gonna put down the link. Uh, In the show history notes. was made. Nintendo America tweeted it, you know, or retweeted it. But I've, I've, I remember seeing the guy um, on Twitter or somewhere else, and then I see Nintendo America mentioning it in a, in their own Twitter account. So things that count. I don't know. Have you heard about it, Sandy? I know. I've watched speedruns. Usually, I watch the ones for charity. Yeah. And is this the awesome the- games done quick? Yeah. Those are the ones that I usually watch. And the, the great part is that they play the Japanese version of the game. They play the original version because you can shave seconds off and everything goes by so much faster. And they deal these little like quirks to kind of like get through the game a lot faster just so they can beat each other. So hearing that someone finished by like a fraction of a hair, it, it's really, really cool. And it's... It takes a lot of practice, and he set the bar so much higher. So now somebody else has to go. How can I beat that time? And it, will it be the same <laughs> number, or would it be like even more of a hairline in there? I don't. I don't even. I I played three levels, and I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. No, but I have that about this record, especially, and 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 it's it's worth mentioning. I I didn't really feel like we had the time for it, but. On, on to mention it on a podcast but like to give you an example like there are some people that said that if it was run by a machine it would be it would take longer like this is 50 frames off from a tool assisted run that's how quick that is like even a you know tool assisted run would take longer like a person wow. has beaten a machine so that gives us an idea where you know we see many many occurrences where robots are actually better than us right <laughs> but this time we're actually we're we're better than them you know and um that's crazy yeah and it's and to to be to be fair so that's not a, like a 100% completion we're talking about a speed run so the fastest you can get to the last level and beat the last right. boss so it's it's a it's a it's a it's a new quote unquote any percentage completion record which means you don't have to go through all the levels you find all the shortcuts possible to get you to the end the fastest that's why the game is beaten in like i don't know five yeah like i said four minutes 50 seconds now going back to the discussion we had a few weeks ago this is case in point number one why having twitch is so darn cool because now These yeah. things can be on public record. You can see it forever. The fastest way to beat Mario. And if you want, you can you can watch that video and try and replicate every single move. And good luck. 
But uh, and you won't beat it. You won't <laughs> beat won't. it. No, I give you. Um, I give you a year, maybe. But oh, yeah, yeah, really it's unbelievable. It's incredible and really, it's really cool. These, you know, these people know down to the, you know, what is being loaded into memory and when some of these th- events are going to occur and stuff. They've got it all just so committed to memory. It's it's really neat. All right, guys, are you ready to uh, cut to? Our interview with Ryan McCaffrey, Mr. Executive Editor of Previews and Xbox uh, over at IGN. So fancy. Yeah, let's <laughs> so do it. fancy. So fancy. Really nice guy. Um, we're so excited about it. I mean, we've been cooking it for a while now, right? Yeah. How long have you been reaching out? Like a month or so? And, and we get hey. to ask him the question, is he sick of Destiny and the Division? Ryan McCaffrey. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Guys, uh, a, a, a great person has uh, agreed to be on the show today. And uh, Ryan, for people who don't know, what do you do here at IGN? That question gets harder to answer every time somebody asks, because it <laughs> yes. used to be, I used to tell people, oh, I'm a magazine editor. Right. So it's like, okay, great. You write things and edit things. And like, it's previews editor now? I, yeah. Officially, all preview content sort of runs through me in one fashion or another, but... Uh, you know, between the videos and the podcasts and the shows and the project planning, it's kind of hard. It gets harder to define all the time. But at the end of the day, I get uh, I'm very lucky to get to make a career out of covering video games. So I'm very fortunate. And that it manifests itself in a lot of varieties, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, we we were discussing Sandy Yannick and I were talking about. Uh, the the term games journalist yeah how how much do you identify as a journalist zero yeah <laughs> i have a journalism degree i did go to school for that i i personally don't believe that's what we do i won't speak for literally everyone in games media mm-hmm. you know i i wouldn't I, I definitely i'm speaking for myself i don't i don't think what i or really anybody at IGN does. I guess I'll speak for IGN. I, I, well, no, I'll just speak for myself. I, Disclaimer, yeah, Ryan I guess it's not fair. I'll speak for myself. I don't think what I do is journalism. Yeah. I mean, I, I went to school so that I know what journalism is. Mm-hmm. But, no, I think it's, in, it's enthusiast media. It's no different than, you know, some, than uh, somebody that writes for Entertainment Weekly covering movies or uh, TV or something like that. Right. You know, it's... We do. We work with game publishers to get access to games and game creators, and it's not—it's not journalism. We're not out there pounding the pavement, uh, getting following leads. Yeah, get, well, I mean, I mean that's you just must not, follow some leads. Sometimes, yeah. sure, but that, but in general, it's just not what we do, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's yeah. we are you know we're fully independent. We're not. While we do have, we do need to have these relationships with the companies, and sometimes. You know, sometimes they get mad at us if we don't like their stuff, or we, you know, it, it is it is an independent relationship, but it is a it is a necessary relationship at the same time. Yeah, chairman. I guess w- with following up with the the relationship you have with developers and publishers, how do you how hard is that for you to keep it separate? If you really really like the the people that you work with and 
the the kind of person that you interact with, and then you go. By the way, your game wasn't the best game, but no hurt feelings. Like, how do you deal with that on a personal level? Well, I think it's mostly um, it, that comes out in the. That's where it's my job and our job to to keep it professional and not make it personal. Because if you read, you know, so I've I've read a million reviews over the years at a million different places uh, of where. A review will just talk about the developer, the developer, the developer. And it's like here at OXM and then here at IGN, we definitely, we don't review developers. We review games. So yes, there are hundreds of people sometimes that work really hard on those games. But at the end of the day, you know, we're evaluating the game. And we do that in the most professional way possible. And uh, so that's, and, and most developers and publishers are human beings and understand that, that if they, get a, a poor review, that it's about the product and not the human beings behind the product. And also, the secret is 99 times out of 100, the publishers and developers know when a game isn't good before they ever send it to us for review. They do internal mock reviews. They do internal focus tests. They know when, like, sometimes a game can be a surprise hit, but they almost always know if something's not good. So, so what what do you think, I mean, because obviously you can't speak for the developers, but what makes a developer go, it's not great, but we just got to, we got to do it. We got to put it out there. Well, sometimes, I mean, I, I don't know, I guess I can't, I don't work on that side of the right. industry, so I don't know really the full process of how it works. But it's got to be a business thing, right? Yeah, I mean, at the end, of, of course, at the end of the day, it's, I'd say probably, again, 99 times out of 100, it comes down to money, where if they've invested X amount of money into something... Like most of the time, you're gonna put it out, and even if it's not so great, do your best to market it and have it do as well as possible, and maybe even make a profit. You've been dealing with that in a super realistic way just recently because I don't, I don't know Phil Spencer the person. Yeah, I've only been exposed to his personality through your interviews with him. Right. Through that, I really like Phil Spencer. Yeah. I don't know Phil Spencer the person either. Right. right. I mean, you know, I know the Phil, Microsoft person. Right. I know Phil Spencer, the guy who works for Microsoft, who's always very nice and very respectful and and uh, a great person to have a conversation with. But I don't know, you know, what his hobbies or interests are or what makes him tick as a person. But yeah, like I, so yeah. we're kind of in the same boat in that regard. But he's he's a very wonderful person to have a professional conversation with. And you maintain that relationship despite, like, they recently canceled Fable Legends, although yeah. what's going on with that is kind of weird these days, but... Um, yeah, and they've, I mean, I, I've definitely uh, had a lot to I've personally said a lot about what I think professionally about Fable, and it, the things I've said have not always made people on, at Microsoft happy, yeah. because, you know, they don't want to hear that that this is not a fable game that <laughs> that that I want to play like you know they they, they want to hear that they want people to be in, excited about their games but yeah that's just sort of the nature they they can't all be 10 out of 10s right, right. they can't there <laughs> right. are just that's just that's just life you know there are always going to be the good things and the bad things there's always 10 out of 10 IGN though but uh, <laughs> Ryan I had a question for you for on that on that topic and it's very interesting that you said some like publishers developers when they go to you they know whether or not it's good or not so yeah. does that change in the step by step process of covering a game 
we were originally having that question like the difference in a, a big game or a small game i guess right now we can like ask the question is there a difference between a bad game and a good game like how games are covered just for the people out there that don't really know i mean they people that visit ign from time to time we know and we've talked about it on a show that let's plays are also a bigger part now of coverage of a game there is mm-hmm. more with the with the whole twitch phenomenon like there is way more coverage just playing the game the first 30 minutes or whatnot can you tell us a little bit about how like how you guys or you yourself tend to cover a game well yeah because that's the you know i am the previews editor so that is my job at all that all that all starts with me and and it really comes down to uh it's what what interests us as editors and what what we think is going to be interesting to our readers, which most of the time those are one and the same. But sometimes it's different. Sometimes it's like, eh, we're not so super stoked on this, but we're pretty sure our readers are. Or we're not sure if our readers are going to be into this, but we really like it and we want to we want to mm-hmm. tell the world about it. So yeah, it all it, it definitely starts with uh, with us. Uh, sort of taking an interest or, or evaluating how we think our, our audience might be interested in it. And then it's a matter of reaching out and working with the developer or publisher from there to say, you know, hey, here's what we want to do. And uh, we often pitch them a lot of ideas like, oh, we'd love to, you know, interview so-and-so while playing the game. Or we'd love to, as you said, like, oh, just, like we'd love to put up the first 15 minutes of this because it really conveys what it's all about. So, yeah, it's... Uh, that's that's really where it all starts from. Kind of to follow up on that, do you ever think that maybe showing too much gameplay may hurt game sales? Kind of like let's go to Batman and versus Superman. They showed too much in the trailers, mm-hmm. and not that many people wanted to see it because they're like, "Oh, it's all right here in the trailers. I don't need to buy it uh, or buy into watching it." Do you ever feel like sometimes that responsibility falls on you guys? Um, not really. I mean, we're very, we have conversations all the time here about spoilers. Like, we just had, just last week, like, with Dark Souls 3 hitting. Like, even, yeah. we had a huge internal debate about, like, oh, what should we title this video we're posting about a boss fight? Like, should we put the name of the boss in the in the title of the video? Should we just allude to say, like, you know, make it more vague? So we're very wary of spoilers, but... I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it's my job to cover the game. It's not my job to care about how the game sells or how our coverage affects sales. That's not really... I serve our audience, not the marketing teams of publishers or developers. That must be a constant tug of war of audiences want to know as much as possible before they buy the game, but they also are super like, don't you dare spoil it. Yeah, I mean, there are some games where I personally will go... I mean, even though it can be hard working here, not that, not that this is a complaint because everybody's going to be like, wham, but uh, there are some games where I will do everything I can to go on a blackout, a media blackout. Like yeah. <clears throat> Firewatch is a great example. Firewatch is my favorite game so far of yeah. 2016. We're only in April, but as we record this. But Firewatch is a game where I somehow managed to arrange two separate, over the course of different months, Two separate, like, exclusive 17-minute video gameplay chunks oh, with with, fire, with uh, Campo Santo to the developer. But then I somehow managed to hand it off to, I think, Marty both times. And then I didn't watch the footage yeah. when it went up. Like, I arranged it, made it happen, because that's my job. <laughs> and then when Firewatch came out, all I'd seen were, like, the trailers. Like, the one or two trailers that they'd ever put out. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, 
And I was kind of happy that it worked out that way because just with the kind of game Firewatch is, I was glad to have not seen much of it. But there are some games where I'm happy to see lots of it ahead of time. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, everybody's different, but and but it's 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 not our job. All our job is to make sure that we're very clear before somebody clicks on what they're going to get with that game if they click on it, what the coverage is going to be, that like we don't swindle somebody or bait and switch or anything like that. Up One after, weird trick. Right. After that, <laughs> it's up to our audience to decide whether or not they want to click on it and potentially spoil or, I don't want to say ruin, but just, you know, potentially see more of that game before it comes out. You know, I, I think I went back and forth where No Man's Sky was one of those games for me of yeah. like, don't show me anything. I got it. Like, right. I'm in. I'm going to buy it. But, but your I, will is weak, isn't I, it? My will is weak. And <laughs> I and you, you're the one responsible for IGN first. Yes. Right? So you broke me uh, <laughs> because you did a second IGN We're in the middle first, of it now. Yeah. Uh, with them. And I watched the gameplay last night. And, uh, you know, I saw some mining happening. And I saw this other yeah. stuff. And... Now I you actually, know what the game is. Yeah, now I know what the game was, and I didn't know before, and I'm actually happy about that particular revelation, because I was like, I don't know what it's going to be moment to moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely go back and forth. How about you guys? Do you do you oversaturate with a game, or are there games you black out on? Mm, I don't You know me. I'm... I'm the worst oh. <laughs> for these kinds of things. <laughs> I'm like, if I like it, if I really want it, I'll buy it, and I'll just throw my money at it, and if I have no interest in it, then I'm just kind of like, meh. With the crazy week we had, um, all the updates on The Division, Destiny, and the release of Dark Souls 3, I've I've been very careful this week about not spoiling too much. Uh, I've stumbled upon some streams, I've stumbled upon some Let's Plays of Dark Souls 3, but yeah. Because I've, I've, I know I'm going to buy Dark Souls 3 at some point. Yeah. Colleague starts to buy it. I want to kind of like race at, with them, like compete. Um, but I know I don't want to spoil anything. Like I probably saw that IGN video about the first boss or something like that. That's it. That's pretty much it. Or actually, I saw also the hardest boss. <laughs> I mean, actually, at, yeah. at the end, I see a lot. But I try my best to not to not spoil too much for myself because it's one of those games where it's really. I mean, even though watching it will not make it easier, it's still gonna be. <laughs> it's still gonna make you die a lot. It's still gonna not ruin the whole experience. You're still gonna rage at it, or at least me, because I'm not that good at those kind of games. But but yeah, no, it's, it's uh, Bloodborne has been one, and 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 Dark Souls Three can be one too. I don't know yeah. why you keep punishing yourself playing those games. <laughs> yeah, I, everybody's uh, different. Some people want to see as little as possible, and some people will just consume everything and still oh, buy yeah. the game, and it won't right. affect their, won't slow them down at all. No matter what you want to see of a game, check out IGN. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, do that. How has things like Twitch changed the way that you guys cover games? Because surely that must have been a paradigm shift for you as much as it was for developers. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is the consoles have built-in streaming now. Like, yeah. that's, uh, Twitch, Twitch or no Twitch, and I, I think Twitch is largely, I personally think Twitch is largely responsible for the two consoles having built-in uh, streaming functionality. Yeah, so I mean, the big thing for us is we 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 used to do live. We used to stream very occasionally. We maybe if it was like a big event, like uh, nice. when you know if we got like, like post press conference E3 type of thing. yeah, like that kind of stuff. Or with games specifically, it might be oh we got you know 
the developers to come in and we're going to ex exclusively show a new level or something. We'd right. stream that and make an event out of it. But yeah, now the fact of the matter is we stream every day. Right. So yeah, that, it definitely has. It's hard to go to IGN and not see like the banner animated and somebody playing something in the yeah, background. Yeah, it's we're playing something different every day. So yeah, definitely we've definitely had to adjust, you know, our uh, our coverage course on that that kind of thing. Has the type of streaming thing and uh, Twitch being around and you guys doing more streaming has that changed the type of people you guys bring into IGN? Do you like now look for somebody who is as much a personality as they are, say, a writer? Uh, I wouldn't quite phrase it that way, but in general, yes. I would say we definitely uh, want we def we camera test people that interview here, mm -hmm. uh, and we do we do want them to be comfortable on camera. Absolutely, there there was you know whereas that didn't used to happen. It would just be yeah, you're a writer, great. We like your writing. You're right. hired. <laughs> right. But yes, it is. we definitely now do uh, want people to be comfortable on camera, whether they're doing a live stream or a Let's Play or a podcast or even just like up ho hosting a news video. Or, you know, so yes, that, that definitely is part of, our, part of what we look for now. That's amazing because there's so... I mean, you're kind of in luck because there's a whole generation of kids who are camera testing themselves. That's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who are going to be. But many of them are really bad at it. That's <laughs> yes. the thing. It's it's still hard to find good ones. Yeah, that's true. It, it's and some of those, but it always breaks me down when the bad ones still have a large audience. You know, well, they're not bad. Somebody somebody likes some, them, right? Every, to each their own. There's always something to like. Let's talk about the games industry a little bit, guys. You, you had some questions. In there. there were some things that we were really curious about. I I know that um, Ryan was telling us that you were very into the Xbox Live Arcade, and I personally, I re that's something that I really enjoyed from the 360. And now it's kind of, I'm not really... I'm in my own little bubble now where I'm only playing Heroes of the Storm and Nintendo games, oddly enough. But the arcade at one point was a way for me to find indie games. Yeah. And now it kind of seems like companies aren't really doing that as much. What's your thought on on that? Yeah, I mean, with, one more time on the soapbox. With specific regards to Microsoft, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've written editorials, I've ranted on podcasts. <laughs> You've, I think, you've brought people in to... I think, yeah, I think getting rid of Live Arcade was a massive mistake. Um, and because it was, it's exactly as you said, it was this, this curated garden of awesome games that you otherwise wouldn't have known about. Right. Uh, and you knew every Wednesday you were going to get something... Maybe you're not necessarily going to like everything every Wednesday, but every Wednesday there was going to be something you knew to expect and look for something new that you hadn't seen before on Xbox Live Arcade. Uh, and, you know, Microsoft deciding that, well, games are all games are games. It doesn't matter. Right. Here's a you can search. For so, like yeah, good. Good. Here's go into the, the store digital storefront and good luck. You know, when when the likes of. Uh, uh, what's an example now? I mean, well, let's just say if, if it had been, if Braid had come out right. without Summer of Arcade. Right. Even Ori, Ori and the Blind Forest. Yeah, Ori having to, sh you know, Ori got at least was got yeah. some buzz around yeah. it. Right. But it. But Ori coming out and having to share the same 
digital uh, digital uh, real estate with Halo and Call of Duty is, I don't think you're doing, I don't think anybody wins in that scenario. I don't yeah. think I don't think the developer of the indie game wins. I don't think gamers win because they have a tougher time finding it and know and knowing how that it's interesting. So yeah, I I really uh, and I, I laid out a whole editorial of theoretically on paper. I know there's a lot of behind the scenes and technical <laughs> things that go into it, but right. I just I if they if they don't say if if E3 2016 happens and Microsoft doesn't say we're bringing Live Arcade back, then I don't think we'll ever see it again, and I, I will continue to, I will chalk that up as a generational mistake on their part. I think, but I think there's a chance. I, you know, they, I know they're listening, and I know yeah. Phil, I've talked to Phil about it. I don't know if they're going to do anything. I, I can't even pretend to know that. Um, but I hope that they're seeing what I'm seeing. Because I know it, it can be a lot harder to, when you're, inside somewhere it can sometimes be hard to see what's going on or to see how the world perceives you sometimes that you need that external voice i'm not saying i'm that external voice and i'm hardly the only one that's called this out but it's just for me live arcade was a one of the pillars one of the signature elements of the three of what made the 360 great and that was willfully thrown away with the xbox one and i don't get that i think it would help them to make not paint with a different color but they are giving away a game every month at right. least one yeah and typically these some of these are indie games sometimes and although we've had not real, often actually it's mostly just older you old, know older stuff. older triple a stuff which is great um this is a particularly good month for that. yeah this is the best month ever <laughs> by a mile um, god sunset overdrive but um let me so the i think it would help like maybe get people excited about the games that they're going to get for free in advance if they wanted to paint it like that. Or, let me put your feet to the fire here. How would you curate some indie games on the Xbox Store? What sort of categories would you think should exist? Or, Well, like I said, I would, uh, as I laid out in my editorial, I would, I would just I would relaunch Xbox Live Arcade, make it, uh, give it prominent placement on, the home, on everybody's homepage of their dashboard. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, make it every Wednesday. Because right now, ID at Xbox Games, every week when we do Podcast Unlocked, I go to Major Nelson's site when I'm preparing for the show, and it's there's all these little things that drop on different days throughout the week. Like, oh, Tuesday this might have come out, Friday this might have posted, Thursday this one. Wednesday, curate, like that can still happen. Like, day, games, sure, let the developers put them out whenever they want, but curate the good stuff for me on Wednesday so that I know every Wednesday to tune in and see what's going on. Yeah. That that's where I would start. We got to we got to put a link to this article in the show notes so people can read it. Yeah, feel free. How would that work with Microsoft is really pushing cross-platform play especially between the Xbox One and the PC. Most people tend to have I have a PC at home, I have a PlayStation, and most of the games that are available on the Xbox One, I play them on the PC. And then with the indie creation that you want, how would that go into a Microsoft Live Store or into that storefront? Would it be the same? Are you imagining the same kind of thing, or would it be slightly different? It certainly could be. I mean, it's that's up to the games. You know, not every... 
not every indie game is on PC as well as Xbox. A lot of them are, but not yeah. necessarily. But I mean, sure, you know, Microsoft's making significant efforts on the PC side. Yeah, put put up Xbox Arcade on there, Xbox Live Arcade on their PC storefront as well. Why not? I mean, yeah. it's because you you have the same challenge on PC. Of in fact, it's, it's the PC is even harder to to find those oh, diamonds in the rough God. because there's there are millions of games, many of which are great, many of which are are things you don't necessarily want to spend time in. So yeah, the, any curated thing is a good thing. Uh, you know, you're not, it's not in, in place of anything. You're not, any game can still come out, but like having Microsoft step up and say, well, here are the things this week on Wednesday you're going to see that we think are cool that are out this week. Right. Just that guarantee makes a big difference. Absolutely. On the same kind of like topic, cross-platform, but more rotating around the cross-platform networking, we've seen Microsoft kind of like calling out and PlayStation answering, not really trolling, but answering the fact that it was already possible on the PlayStation system, like implementation side of things. What, what's your do you, do you think we're far from like a cross, like full cross-platform network, people being able to play against each other from a Microsoft console with people on a PlayStation console? I would be shocked if it happened, honestly. I think, you know, Microsoft puts it out there. Sony kind of gave them the polite, like, okay, mm-hmm. maybe sometime. Cute. Yeah, very cute. I don't, I don't see. When you're Sony and you have the lead they have, and you've got all these happy, you've got 35 million happy PlayStation 4 owners, why would you allow, you know, you've got everybody happy in your garden. garden right. Why would you let... I? I mean, if I'm if I'm them, I'm not sure I would. And how much of that is a decision you think Microsoft makes because they're not the the sales leader right now in consoles? I think that's. I mean, that's definitely part of it. I, I think more of it is just that because they're making such inroads with trying to move over to the PC space in addition to the console space. Mm-hmm. I think that you know it's kind of just more like a almost like a a why not thing for them. Like, well, we're already opening the doors to PC. So yeah. sure, like, hey, if Sony wants to, we'd be happy to hook up with Sony too. Right, like, once the, some of that networking code is written, why not? Yeah, exactly. Um, how sick are you of Destiny and the Division? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not at all. It's fine. It's Because uh, you like you like shooters. You're, you're a sure, shooter guy. Absolutely. I just don't have time for those games, honestly. I, I respect the hell out of them. They're really good. I've played... Uh, I've, all, I've, only, I've got about, I don't know, I'm level five in the Division, and then I just got busy and went on vacation, and I haven't been able to get back. And Destiny, I played, you know, the 15, 20 hours required to get me through the story, uh, and so I finished, you know, I, I got to level 18, whatever it was, to finish the, the you know, quote-unquote campaign. Well, I guess more, not necessarily of exposure to them, but surely IGN writes a lot of articles about these games, sure. and I imagine that you guys write articles because you have analytics that show you people read these articles. Absol- absolutely, <laughs> yes. So, is at some point, is do you ever find the battle between not wanting to cover something, but the audience saying, we want more Destiny. We want more Division when you'd be like, oh, but there's this other thing I, well, I wish they could the, know about. The, the solution there is just is exactly what we do, and we put, we put the people that, are, that have the continued interest in those games in, in charge of covering those games. Like, if, yeah, if you, if you made me cover Destiny 
and I, uh, I would, I'm not saying I would dislike it, but it's, you know, it's not, I'm sort of interested in playing some other things rather than grinding away right. at Destiny, but we have a handful of super passionate Destiny fans here that continue to do the Fireteam chat podcast and continue to cover the game, yeah. and they love doing it, so... That's the that's the nice organic win for us on that is the audience wants it and we have people internally that love it and can and will keep doing it. That makes sense. Yeah, I was uh, I was the one writing that question out and it's uh, by the way a yeah, big fan of Destiny Legary all the all the fire team chat. I'm a I'm a fervent listener of their podcast. Right. Um, but more my take on it is that it, and it's because it's it's I kind of like started really rambling about it yesterday and see if it was a relevant question for you because I there's this this news that came out about the division the new update they have some glitches that they have to fix and everything and I don't know where I'm reading that article not IGN I don't even remember the place it is it is at and whether it's legitimate or not it just kind of like rised inside of me that anger of like all right that's enough now like we can talk about the division which is a great game which i talk about the, the destiny it is a great game but there's a line here where i'm kind of like tired of the compara- constant comparison where there was this article that said hey there's that glitch in the division breaking it down blah 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 uh, ubisoft is answering yada 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 last paragraph is bungie's destiny also had a lot of glitches um i mean you know there's a line here where i was like okay i mean can we just get over like can we he just, was really or is, mad. Or is it, or is it people, or is it actually, you know, like an editorial thing where, you know, there are two big games and you, in some sense, they compete, and that's why the journalist side of things and where you try to, you know, make the SEO optimized and have, you know, as many coverage of that article, bringing the two games always constantly against each other will bring more attraction to the article. I don't know. I don't know if it's more pitting them against each other. At least not for us. I think it is just more. We know with those two games that Destiny fans are interested in the division because it is a similar type of game on a you know infrastructure kind of level and vice versa. Right. So yeah. yeah, it's like right. we do that with every article. I mean, if it's if there's a I don't know if we have a news story about uh, some new Halo game getting announced, we're gonna we're gonna at the bottom of it we're gonna link you back to our you know. Oh, we played Warzone Firefight in Halo Five. Here, go take a look at that video. I mean, that's right. yeah, that's just uh, that's just that's, a technique, that's just reader yeah. service at that mm-hmm. point. It's like, well, we have this other thing you might like. So, if you want it, here it is. What is the balance yeah, yeah. in in coverage based on analytics at a place like IGN? Is it like it's a hundred percent about whatever the stats are, or what's the push and pull of? Uh, our gut says we want to go talk about this other thing. It's definitely an inexact science in the middle. It's, yeah. it's like directly in the middle. We absolutely use statistics to guide us. We are a business. We, mm-hmm. need, to, we need to you know satisfy the business end of things and make sure that we're putting up things that people are going to want to click on. But also, like I was saying earlier, you know, if there's some, uh, some cool new thing that nobody knows about yet, but we're like, wow, this looks really great. Let's... Let's jump on this. Let's uh, actually. I think Firewatch is a great example of that. Just to go back, that's top of top of mind. You know, that was a game where we knew, like, okay, this is a studio here in San Francisco, started by, uh, you know, headed by the guy who like wrote and directed season one of The Walking Walking Dead Dead, and Telltale. That's Sean Vanneman. Sean Vanneman, and you know, so we like, okay, and we they they told us kind of what the general idea of the game was about, and and so you know we. We just 
that's the point where, you know, for me, I've been doing this for 13 and a half years. I have a, I feel like I have a pretty good radar at this point, a pretty yeah. good, like, spidey sense of, I kind of, I, I get a sense when something's going to be really good. Firewatch made it tingle. <laughs> yeah, where something's going to be really good, and uh, and I'll sort of follow that instinct to, like, okay, well, we're going to cover this, and we're going to, you know, get in on the, try and get in on the ground floor. And, <laughs> You're not going to watch any of it. <laughs> and, we, and it worked out where, yeah, like, we did huge traffic with Firewatch based on a, a gut instinct that we had in the beginning and we followed that and it worked out and we're like an example of where we totally missed the boat was like minecraft you know we we missed the minecraft yeah like there are youtubers who make entire lives sure livelihoods off of doing nothing but minecraft videos and we you know we saw minecraft was around but we didn't you know we didn't really pay it enough attention and now it's like we do cover it sometimes, but yeah, we you know we weren't in there early, and now people don't necessarily look to IGN for Minecraft stuff. Uh, so yeah, we we definitely just do our best to to balance. Like okay, well, the, you know there are big games that we know are gonna do well. Like you know anything Star Wars Battlefront last year was yeah. huge. So it's like what can we do? We know our audience wants it. What can we? Let's, bra- let's brainstorm some ideas. Let's get some feature ideas. What can we do with Star Wars Battlefront that would be cool? Uh, but, but at the same time, you know, we're not, we, don't, we don't let that be the sole guide of, well, we're only, chasing, you know, we're only chasing page views and video views and nothing else matters. It's absolutely not that. All right, well, we've, uh, we're coming up against it. Have a good one. And... Um... Wait, I want to know how. What's too much for a cupcake? What's too much? <laughs> I'm still. Well, well that's it. Let's let's ask you a couple answered. fun questions before. I think you called it in the beginning. If it's a six dollar cupcake, I'm I'm walking. I'm out. <laughs> I'm walking. But if it's five dollars, it's is that okay? If it's five dollars, it is kind of that like Pulp Fiction style. I gotta know what a five dollar cupcake tastes like. But if it's With six dollars, it's no Would... way. That's that's ridiculous. What are we in Silicon Valley? <laughs> <laughs> we in San Francisco? Oh, we are. Oh no, we are. Or New York for that. Or matter. New York. Or New York for um, that matter. Yeah. What? How? If IGN lights the lights stay on. If IGN an EMP bomb goes off and you can't We're work at IGN, we're screwed if an EMP goes off. No, but I mean, like, if you can't work at IGN, you know, in six months from now, and what is the is. Is Tesla your dream company that you would go to? I don't know. I mean, I l- love what they're doing. I really connect with what they're doing. They're building, they're building cars in a f- in a way that is not only it's fundamentally it's a it, they're building cars. They're building the safest cars in the world that are also some of the most fun. Yeah. Do you drive one? I can't afford one. No, I, have no, a re- me I put down a reservation on a Model Three. Oh, this is exciting. I camped out for my Model Three reservation. Holy cow. Um, so I'm the, you know, I'm waiting two years for that, for that to be ready. As a designer, I want to go in there and be like, please let me help with those interiors. Cause I feel like they're, they're so tame looking. Well, if you've for seen what that the, the, the model three interior is, uh, is a lot, is much, is, is a lot different than the initial sort of Spartan model S interior. And in fact, even the model X interior is, has taken a lot of strides forward. But yeah, I mean, I love what Tesla's doing. Uh, if, if IGN, uh, yeah, if the EMP took us all out, yes. I don't know, I, I, the problem is <laughs> Tesla's a company full of engineers and uh, 
you know, auto manufacturing, uh, you know, my skill set, I'm not sure <laughs> if they have a job <laughs> that applies. applies to me. So, uh, well, I wanted to be able to ask the question without the guilt of like, I'm not saying you're leaving. <laughs> no, not at all. My, no, my, I'll tell you my other, my dream job that I would probably never get because there are only 30 of them. I would, my other dream job would be, uh, to be the, the, play-by-play announcer for a major league baseball team. Oh man, and you're so close. <laughs> you're that, so close to the stadium. Yeah, so that that would be it, that would I would I would leave IGN for that. I will tell you on record He's right on now. The mound. Like, if the if the Diamondbacks or the better yet actually the if the Oakland A's called and said, "Hey, uh, we heard we heard you on we've been listening to the podcast on lock. We heard the dulcet tones. Yeah, like come in and come in and uh, be our play-by-play guy. I'd be like it's been real, guys. I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta go talk about base, this cover is it. baseball all day. But uh, yeah, that would be the other dream. Uh, Mitch Dyer. Yes. Poor Mitch Dyer and lucky Mitch Dyer. At the same time, he left. Um, I've gotten to have conversations with Colin Moriarty, uh, who obviously went with uh, a few IGNers and did a kind of funny thing. Mm-hmm. Is what is that experience like? Is I mean, I'm sure it's sad, but just what is that? What is that experience like? Because I mean, I'm sure you've worked with a lot of people. Yeah, that's the thing. It's I. I always get personally sad that I won't be seeing those people every day anymore. Yeah. But uh, when it's when when people are leaving for those kinds of opportunities, whether it's to launch kind of funny or in Mitch's case to go work on a video game, yeah, like that's a that's a wonderful thing for them that and and I'm happy for them. Right. I'm, selfishly sad for myself you know like (laughs) i said that i won't see them every day but no it's absolutely it's a it's a it's a good thing it's you know it's a little sad when they're leaving but we know we don't stop being friends you know right so that's that's always we get to keep being friends we just unfortunately don't get to be co-workers anymore yeah um i just want to thank you so much for for coming and doing the show and tell you that uh the the ign first stuff the on IGN Unfiltered stuff, Podcast Unlocked. Yeah, really proud of Unfiltered. That's a, that, that's really, a pet project. You know, that Marty O'Donnell stuff was so good. Thank you. I you know I know you balked at the term journalist, but I think a lot of the stuff you're doing is as close to uh, journalism. I appreciate that. Yeah, Unfiltered might be the maybe the closest thing, but even that I don't know. But yeah. uh, it's you it's get a, that Paul McCartney voicemail. In, that was in there, cool. That was the, that, I I can't take credit for that. Marty mm-hmm. willingly gave that over. So. Right, but you also kind of broke a, the the Untitled Bungie project there. That was cool. Yeah, that was that was really neat too. I because even I knew about Project Phoenix from my interview with Jason Jones a few years ago. But yeah, I didn't know about gypsum, so that that was that was probably the neat thing for me during that interview. Well, uh, I say keep doing what you're doing, guys. Do you have any other questions for Ryan? I think one last question would be: What kind of advice do you have for someone who wants to enter the game industries, whether it's games media or developing games? Or what's your advice to someone who really wants to pursue this passion? It's it's easy. I mean, it's uh, it's totally the you know you're gonna insert the meme here, but yeah. it's do it. <laughs> Just it really is do it. it. I mean, you're doing this podcast right now, which is great. Uh, you know, you're out there, you're you're practicing a craft. If you want to make games, or if you want to, you know, if you want to make games like what Unreal Engine's free or Cry Engine's Crazy free, Unity's like, free. Unity. I mean, all these tools are out there. Uh, you know, study it. You know, look up whether it's you know, teach yourself. It's just, or or if it's games media, you know, start a blog. 
uh, work for free for, I wrote for free for a, uh, this old game website that's not around anymore called the Adrenaline Vault before I got started in this. It's like, you, yeah, you, you have to do it. I mean, it, and there's, there's really no excuse to not do it because, again, the, oper the avenues are all there. It's not like, well, I can't afford the $50,000 Unreal Engine license to start making the game that right. I have an idea for. Like, no, it's, it's all there. No matter what it is, um, and they and finally really every cool Xbox part. is a dev kit now too. Pretty soon, yeah, they're going <laughs> to so flip the switch. Yeah, the Xboxes yeah. are all going to turn into dev kits. So yeah, it's like you just have to, you just have to do it because you know. Speaking for what I do, when we get applicants for IGN, we're going to go look at what they've done, mm -hmm. and that's going to be if they just say, "Well, I really want to work there." I'm like, okay, well, cool. What have you? What have you written? What have you done? What? Uh, like, oh, well, I just really want to work there. I know everything about games. Like, yeah, I'm really okay, good spy. at Dark Souls. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, uh, go, you know, sorry, but that's just not, that's not going to work. You know, yeah. that's, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, it is the, just the, the whole just get out there and start, start working on it, even if you're not getting paid for it, because then eventually you can get paid for it. Ryan, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Thank you. Very humble. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate the time. Wasn't that cool? <laughs> it was so much fun. So much time has passed for the listener, and yet very little has passed for us. <laughs> what I've been amazed by, and audio listeners won't be able to figure out, nobody will ever be able to figure out, but Senia and I can, can see, because you met him personally, but on the camera angle that you gave us, there was a Ryan McCaffrey face, uh, and there was the YouTube trophy of IGN, you know, probably oh, one yeah. of those that they hit when they have a certain amount of subscription. And I was staring at the whole time because I've never seen one in person. And I almost wanted to ask you to stop the podcast recording and be like, can you just take a selfie with it? Because oh. I, I really want to see one trophy like that in person. Yeah. And it's just a nerdy part of me doing that. You know what? There's a YouTube space in like New York. What? Oh, you're going. Where do you live? <laughs> you <laughs> bring official. me there. Just bring me there. <laughs> enough with the NYU Game Center. Bring me to places. You should check out Ryan. You can follow him on Twitter at DMC. Um, I guess like Devil May Cry <laughs> underscore Ryan. <laughs> Um, even though I think Devil May Cry is a, a PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, um, that wouldn't work. Yeah, but uh, he also is uh, the host of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, which is really cool if you're into cars at all. Very cool to check out. We got to talk about cars, and it, it Tesla seems like he's, the car of the future. Yeah. Um, he's a big fan. We're all a big fan of Elon Musk and that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and and just thank you to uh, to IGN and and everybody to uh, to host us and let us do that. So we really appreciate it. And oh, and check out uh, he has a cool website nerdstyles.com where you can hook yourself up with some sweet t shirts. Um, look yeah, that are nice. And Let's uh, not gaudy. Should start up. No, they're actually really cute. I just want more animals. More animals with games. <laughs> more animals with games. More like a. Like a coexist shirt with a dog and a cat <laughs> playing against each other. <laughs> I'm throwing ideas. You could take them. I don't need any money. The new coexist t-shirt. All right. Yeah. I need to stop talking to you yokels, drink some more, and play Ratchet and Clank. Um, mm -hmm. 
Any uh, any other final words? Well, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Ryan Quintel. Why do we keep doing that? Why don't we just do our follow us at Pixels Cast? Oh, God, because I want followers, too. Follow me, uh, too. Yeah, I want to use them to advertise myself. I just want to build my personal <laughs> brand. <laughs> Guys, can no, we just No, I'm going to say for Sandy, because <laughs> Sandy is shy about her Twitter, but Sandy doesn't tweet, which is cool about it. That's why I cool tweet girl. all the time. <laughs> Keep, Sandy never tweets. Let's keep perpetuating this like myth about Sandy's yeah. tweet this, frequency. This Sandy doesn't tweet. I'm like, really? I can't. At CGBS rule. <laughs> that's Sandy. That's the Sandy Twitter that doesn't tweet. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys. It's a trap. But yeah, he's right. Follow at PixelsCast. Yeah, follow at PixelsCast. That's us on Twitter. And uh, guys, as always... You know, I hate to wait till the end of the show to tell you, but I remind you every week, the best thing you can do for our podcast, less than 10 episodes in, this is, we, we need to end up a new and noteworthy at the top of those charts. You got to rate us and review us. That's how we get that done. Um, I am over on Twitch. I'll be streaming Final Fantasy VII, so if you want to check that out, or if you're cursorily interested, we're doing episode three and four at least this week. Uh, maybe more. Uh, the link is in the blog, so just go to pixelsweekly.com for all that stuff. All right. Until next week. Aloha. Au revoir. And we'll see you next week.